I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I'm Caitlin Brodnick. I'm your host. I love you and I love scams. Wow, guys, I love scams so much. And it's interesting when you try to explain that to a friend who said like, well, my grandmother got conned out of $5,000 and I'm still smiling. And I'm not smiling for her grandmother. I'm not happy her grandmother got scammed. But the fascination I have with scams, I'm like, what company was it? <laughs> Were they outsourced in like, you know, middle America or was it overseas? Like, I just, I want to know the complexities because these simple scams, they seem so simple and they seem so easy to everyone, but they so qu quickly have a whole network of people to dupe you and convince you and just grab you. And it's just so fascinating to me. So again, I'm sorry for anybody who's been scammed, but I also would really like to know the story and want to hear about it. Guys, so today's episode is with a very close friend of mine, Cody Lindquist, who's a wonderful actress and comedian, mother, 
hysterical. And um, we started our episode just gabbing as great friends. And I don't even think we did the opening. And there's a couple times in this episode where I probably sound so goofy girly, but that's because I'm hanging out with my good friend. We just had so much fun. We're talking about the scams of plastics and really like how marketing and big business and how they've done it. Not necessarily a scam with a piece of plastic from a specific one company, just the general sense of plastics. And yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled. For some reason, my voice is very deep today and I think it's sexy, but also allergies. (laughs) So thank you, allergies. And yeah, I miss you guys all. I need to do a Scamwell mailbag soon because I am just dying to check in with everyone. It's been a minute. Corey, thank you for sending me the sweetest messages. Annie, I love all of you guys. You can find us on Scamwell Podcast on social media and Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, I think. And just message me on Instagram if you ever want to chat because I love you all. And thank you again to our Patreon patrons. We're doing new Patreon episodes each month and it makes a huge impact in my life. It's so nice of you and so helpful and it really makes a change and I really appreciate it. So thank you, Kate and Jesse, for your amazing work as editors and my producers. And Cody is a great guest. Enjoy! I'm actually incredibly excited for this topic today. <gasps> Fun. I'm so excited because I don't know that much about it, and mm-hmm. I com- but I completely I'm so excited you picked it. Oh my gosh, so I've glad. been walking around like the city, just yeah, staring at mountains of trash. Yes, <laughs> like, I'm so. And it's in our water now. It's everywhere. Like the <sighs> trash in New York has gotten worse and worse and worse. Um, and then the pandemic just like blew I, okay, it out. so guys, we're talking about plastic and the scam of plastics, the scam of not trash. plastic surgery. No, which that's I a whole love. that I imagine would be in a completely separate. Oh, we done. On. We'll we'll figure Please. something out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love plastic surgery. I'm <laughs> after watching Love Island. I'm like, I guess we all are getting veneers now. It's insane. But they it's don't insane. do a good job of making it look normal. It makes no, it look just like normal a to row, them. like yes. a row of shells. Yes. <laughs> But also, I'm like, does that mean, does that make you look, like, rich? <laughs> I'm like, is that the symbol now? I mean, it was duck lips. Like, 10 years mm-hmm. ago, it was the duck lips. It and really now was. it's the veneers. And what is next, really? Like, what is the next thing that I will not do but be obsessed with? obsessed with. with. Obsessed with. Yeah. To be fair, some people need them because they have, like, yes. rotten teeth or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Aren't they just dentures? What's the difference? Okay, they... Dentures you click in, I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember I my great-grandma had yeah. like... You snap them in forget- and yeah. you clean them. They're in and out. <laughs> I remember. I don't... And do then when they're out, anymore? it's terrifying. Yes, I think It was like in a seniors. bottle, like yes, in a little in a glass with, um, the you know, like a alka thing. Yes, yes, thing. yes. <laughs> then my bubby and poppy had that. And it was like... And then when you saw them without it, you were like, where's half of your mouth? Where's it's your really face? It's really scary. It's really scary. That's so funny. So I wonder, like... Okay, oh, we'll have to do. You have to do a podcast about do. the history of teeth. But I do. When did the like? Now they're just like, oh, they would just pull all your teeth and then just give you these cheap things, right? No, they. And then now they're like, let's whittle down your yes, whittle them down so that we have like an a, anchor, and then we right. put the veneer around. You it, don't have to remove them at the no, end of the night. Fat, fat, like, shockingly, and like a la mine, George Washington. I have like this like 
it will always be uneven on my bottom lip because mm-hmm. in college I wanted to like make out with boys, so I stopped wearing my retainer and it like fucked up my teeth forever. Mm-hmm. So you know, hey, you know what? It's a, life is a trade off. Life is a trade off. And if you you're have only young kisses, once. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have some teeth screwed up. But um, yeah, and then every time I wear my retainer, my teeth go back to normal, and then within four minutes, flip back to the crooked. My niece just had her braces off, and wow. she has this like. Now it's just like yeah. a gap and she has to put the retainer on and just goes back and forth. It's so Yes, weird. that's how mine is. Anywho, we're talking about that's not the what this scam topic of is. plastics. <laughs> the scam of plastics. Wait, Cody, also, I didn't plug your podcast yet. You're a oh. great friend of mine from UCB and comedian yes. and writer mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. actress and star. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. A star of mm-hmm. my own home. You are. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I have a podcast called Two Beers In, a tipsy political roundtable. Um, it's also a live show at Caveat. Mm-hmm. I don't know when our next show is, um, but I will put it on my Instagram. Yeah. If you can find me, Cody Lindquist her. on Instagram. I don't have her. a TikTok. I apparently need to get veneers and a TikTok now. I mean, what is it? 2022. A TikTok makes, takes up so much of your time. Like I it just takes don't need another so thing much. that takes up my time. And it, I it, just it don't will. need it. It will. Yeah. They're like, they're very addictive. They can only be short. And so you think like, oh, this is another little tiny thing. And then you're on it for three hours and you're ignoring your life. Well, then everything says get off social media, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Or, and then everything else is like, but you have to have a TikTok. You have to have a whatever. Yeah, thing, I don't think Content, so. content. I'm like, I'm looking so. out for my mental health. Thank right. you very much. Yeah, I don't have time for that. this. I love mental health. Less content. less social media for me. <laughs> Completely. Um, but right. yes, my show, we uh, get tipsy and we talk about politics right. with right. politicians and comedians. And right. It's good. You guys have been doing it for and years and it's very good. Thank you. Yeah, we've been doing it since 2016. Do you remember anything big happening in 2016? No. Oh. <laughs> Some kind of guy named Thrump? I don't know. I don't know. We don't talk about him. Oh, we don't have to talk about him. Although, you need to do a whole like series about the scams from we've Trump. We've done. We've done his yeah. like we've done his also his like father scams. Like Oh, the, yeah. His, like his the the weird like real estate shit and like mm-hmm. we we've talked about it like a bunch. And then also it got like just like super depressing too because we were like, <laughs> everything sucks. <laughs> well, this plastics one's not going to make you feel good no, about I the know. world I'm, either. I'm glad so. because the plastic scam though is something that I do think about all the time. Like I'm thinking about it constantly. I love plastic, but I'm also like this – everything I see, I'm like, well, this is just going to then sit someplace and block yeah. a turtle's windpipe or something. Like I'm just – it's so well, distracting. Well, what's frustrating about it is – like okay, so we'll start with the history of plastic, right? Great. So I want to say too that I am not a plastic expert. I'm no. just, I'm just, I'm, this I'm is interested. a comedy podcast, and this we is. have a disclaimer that like it's okay. I'm, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface this by saying I read uh, a bunch of articles. Scientific American has a good one on the it's history amazing. of plastic, and Planet Money, I recommend mm-hmm. another podcast, mm-hmm. um, has a great podcast uh, about great. this called Wasteland, and it it won a bunch of awards and. Oh, um, they will be more accurate in Great. the telling Great. of this because they're good. journalists. Yeah, Caitlin. they're being paid to. They're being have paid, assistance. and they're journalists. And um, so I recommend <laughs> listening to that podcast too, uh, yeah. to fill in the gaps. Yeah, and then you can write in and say all the things that I said wrong. Right, I love it. But the history of plastic, like it's been around for a while since the 1800s, and it started from a good place. Like so. Before we had plastic, there was a need for things like combs and oh yeah, billiards, which sounds crazy, oh, but in yeah. the 1800s, like there were billiards in 
like a bunch like of rich activity. homes. Yeah. I know. You think about that. Like, I know. And what would you make them out of, right? Right. I guess. Marvelous. So things were – environmentally, it was not sustainable because they were killing all these elephants and building things with um, ivory. ivory. Whoa. Yeah. So they were building like billiards and all this stuff. Combs were being made out of like turtle shells. So they were <gasps> killing all these turtles. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, it started from a good place. They, they, I think originally, I mean, there's a whole history of plastics, but mm-hmm. first there was like a primitive kind of plastic sure. uh, and it wasn't as super pliable and moldable. Mm-hmm. You know, they had all these different types of stuff. And then yeah. things kind of exploded after World War II, okay. all right, because people came back from World War II and like, you know, that's when the consumerism kind of exploded, you know? Completely. And everybody wanted to sort of show off they were the best. Yeah. Everyone's going to have a home. Mm. Everyone's going to have a... (laughs) Yeah, right. imagine that. Uh, All white people will have a home. That's really more more what they wanted. Exactly. But in in these homes, you know, you're going to have a dishwasher. You're going to have a radio. Like all these things started to explode and they really needed to be able to make them. So this guy, before... Um, World War II, this guy, Leo Bakland, invented something called Bakalite. And that was like the first time where you combined formaldehyde, which was a waste, and and with this thing called phenol, I think, which is like a waste product of coal. So the plastics we use today are mostly derived from oil. Ew. God bless oil, right? Everything goes back to And also, if it could be made without oil, people are like, no, 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 let's keep it to oil. It's really helping us financially. Well, no, that's 100% how it started. So like this one, this this guy made this this backlight thing, and that was like kind of the big plastic after World War II. So like they would make radios out of it, like all the phones. Mm -hmm. Think about those like old phones. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of stuff I think was made, you know, from that. Again, listen to um, another podcast Mm -hmm. with people who are historians Mm -hmm. if you want. If you want the accurate information. We're here for the fun. We're here for the fun. Um, so it all came from like a good place. Okay. Right? Like Let's we're not, not killing kill so many turtles. Right. Let's right. like save a turtle and make a comb out of like right. a, No more deer yeah. antlers, you know. Totally. That we brush our teeth with. Yeah. Right. So then after, you know, World War II and we're using this like more primitive thing, this bacalite. Baccalaureate. Mm-hmm. Baccalaureate. Mm-hmm. That's the correct <laughs> That's the word. Um, term for it. Then they started, um, you know, needing something that was more pliable. And like this bacalite mm-hmm. was like dark, like a wood color. Oh, okay. So eventually the good old oil companies kind of took over and got involved. Okay. Um, and I think that was like... Yeah, it was like in the early decades of the 20th century. So the petroleum and chemical in- industries began to form alliances and companies like Dow Chemical, ExxonMobil, DuPont. Um, and these companies, they're still the major producers of the raw material resins for plastics industry today. Okay, so, so resin comes from an oil now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, did you know that? Like, I don't no. feel like I fully – I knew plastics were bad, but I don't know if I was fully like, oh, yeah, they're oil. No, I think the only thing I knew about plastic is just when like Lewis was born, they started coming out with BPA, everything and BPA free, that like it was a chemical inside the plastic that if children under two ingested or licked or sucked on, it could uh, potentially cause brain damage. Which is so interesting because I'm I sucked sure on all we, that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm an eighties baby. I grew yeah. up in, in the eighties. And I just think about like the plastics in our lives. Now, to be fair, 
We did not drink water as children. I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty universal thing that mm-hmm. children of the 80s just didn't drink water. Mm-hmm. It was like Kool-Aid or soda or I, milk. I had a lot I had a lot of water I was disappointed in. I was constantly disappointed by my beverage because my mom wouldn't let us do oh Kool-Aid. It was That's super rare. It was because very rare. Like, but we didn't have water bottles, right? Like we didn't bring a water bottle to school. You drank out of a water fountain. What did you did no. you bring a water bottle to school? I didn't until no, I remember I brought a water bottle to camp because like camp was really hot and I was in dance well, camp, camp, but I think I nursed yeah. that all day. But like, also in camp, I feel like we had those like big orange Gatorade buckets like yes, of yes, water. Yes, Do you yes. know with the little yeah. like paper yes. cups? No, I don't remember. I remember begging my mom for any drink that was a color <laughs> that was colorful, and and because also wow, not you only, had a good mom, Caitlin. I did. Um, well, she was very ahead of her time in that way, which was brilliant. Um, but I was so frustrated about it. all I wanted was like a gel tube of candy or something that oh was like gosh. oh yes that was what the eighties were. Candy. It, it was, was like, like you would toothpaste, but it was actually candy. Yes, oh I just my wanted gosh. it was at Seven Eleven. I wanted all of it, and yeah. To yeah. all of these parents that are were giving it to their kids, to their credit, it was so inundated with us in our media. It was every commercial, everything was about so exciting. That's what I mean. It was new. They didn't really know everything was bad, like all that stuff. So, yeah. you know, like really the height of the plastic stuff started in the in the 70s and 80s, right? So that's when it was like, I think before that, I, I would be interested to talk to somebody who's older. But like, you know, we go, we would go to McDonald's and you would get styrofoam and plastic and all these mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And before that, I just feel like, what were they wrap things in? Like paper? Like you'd get like a paper cup? Like I think there were things of paper. And then also I do remember, I don't know if you remember that like nowadays, like we just have Tupperware and we throw it around. But before then, yeah. like my grandparents would have like, or my grandmother had like really nice like etched ceramic ware and they would have like very pretty bowls. And like just her mixing bowl was like that, Mm -hmm. whatever that famous British one is. Like we would just have like- Pyrex? No, not as cool as Pyrex, like that glass. It was like a mason something like- Oh, they, nice. It's on like British Bake Off. Whenever you see the, the so bowls that they mix. you grew up very fancy is what I'm hearing. No, I you grew had, up with a British grandmother. You drank water and <laughs> you also had. <laughs> so from what I'm hearing is your family has veneers. Like that's what <laughs> I I'm hearing. I wish. I wish. My God. I think we're all in line to get veneers. My grandma did get herself braces at like 70. Well, you said she's British, right? She's so I'm British. picturing a bad situation with teeth, which I'm so sorry if anyone is British listening. But no, I that's know. Just... Her teeth were fine, but then of course crooked. And uh-huh. the doctor was like, you can't have braces. You're like 70. And she's like, I don't care. Put them on me. And she I did. Love, and she had I braces love. at 70 and it actually made her look younger. <laughs> Man, this is so interesting. Cute. See, the, my dentist was right offering to fix my gaps at 42. At any point, at any point in your life, you can just wear braces and you look cute. Um, yeah, so, okay, so I'm, I think, so my grandmother's generation, there must have been plastics, but also that you would pass down like ceramic bowls. Yes. Well, also then, remember, Tupperware, Tupperware parties were a big thing, mm-hmm. right? Like and that was you would expensive. go and you'd get Tupperware and it was a big deal. And now we just, you know, like any... There's oh, pl- it's like so Ziploc. much plastic. I know. Yeah. That's the thing too. So I even think like, even if plastics were more popular or more exciting, they was still a limited amount at that time. Well, okay. So now we're going to get into some scam. Okay. All I love right? it. Because it's not just an accident that plastic exploded, right? Okay. So in the 70s, 
plastics started happening and they really started making like uh, soda bottles and milk jugs were like the big thing because, okay. you know, uh, before that it was glass. I grew up drinking glass uh, soda, like Whoa. out of a, yeah, we would get the like six pack of. See, that's fancy. I never had that. Well, you didn't have soda. Apparently, that's I grew true, up on true. soda. I'm a soda kid. <laughs> I love <laughs> I had a soda, lot of though. cavities as a child. I love it. I had I had working parents, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Working teenage parents. You know, they I were literally teenagers and they worked. So oh, we I just I had all the the, the best parts. I of don't the fault 80s. any parent. I, I want to <laughs> eat soda and drink soda all day long. Like the other day, I ordered a diet coke, and Alan's like, "You know enough to know." Like. This is like you don't like diet coke, okay. and, I was like, and I was like, but I love, I need it, I need that bit. Yes, also like uh, you know, it's birthday cake. We're always gonna have a birthday We're cake. We're always you gonna know? have it. Yeah, I so, just needed it. Yeah, so they started making these these two things specifically, and it was really innovative because milk, like before that, I was like the milkman would come with these oh, jugs, yeah, like whatever. And they were recycling at this point. They were in the 70s. They were recycling, oh, right? I they were recycling, that. not plastic, but they were recycling um, cans and glass, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. They, they had a recycling program in place. And also in the 70s, there was an environmental movement. Totally. It was Shocker. very cool. It was very cool <laughs> to care about the environment. Yeah, because like, Rivers were burning. I mean, literally, yeah. like, literally rivers were burning. Um, people would just throw trash in. <laughs> just out their out, car window. Out the car window. <laughs> I have this very funny story, side note, of my great-grandmother lived with us when I was mm-hmm. little, and oh, she awesome. had Alzheimer's mm-hmm. at the end. Um, she was very old, and um, I loved her, and she was very mm-hmm. fun. But sometimes, like, we would just be – one time we were just riding in the car, and she had a milkshake. And she just rolled down the window and threw the full milkshake out the window. And what I loved about that, I was like, oh, she thinks it's 1972. Yeah. And this is before, like, just you know what I mean? Just toss your trash on. It wasn't that big of a deal. Just like a full milkshake. She for- a, she forgot she had the milkshake. And B, she thought it was 1972. And, and she, she just tossed it. it out. Honestly. Um, but that is sort of what would happen in the yes. 70s. You just threw shit out the window. You just tossed it. Who cares? Who cares? Um, and then they started having this building environmental movement that mm-hmm. we squashed in the 80s, obviously. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they had recycling, but they did not have recycling for these plastics. Okay. And, you know, it was a pretty big deal because plastics were kind of coming up everywhere, right. These, the, especially the disposable ones. And the environmental movement was happening at the same time. And people were like, ah, there's just <sighs> too much plastic building up. Because you think yeah. about, too, like... Part of what makes plastic great is that it is this um, synthetic material and it's very durable, right? Durable, like it, right. I was going to say. Yeah. Like they were having all these issues like you'd break a glass milk jug or you'd break a glass soda can mm-hmm. or container. So they were having all these issues with transport and it was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden it's so light to transport these right, things. Right, right. They don't break. We're saving yeah. tons of money. You can ship them in plastic even. Like it's all way better. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it became this thing. But then people were like, wait a minute, I have this giant milk jug and right. you're recycling my glass one. Right. But you're not recycling this and I'm just throwing it away. Right. And anyone like I, you know, if you're ever on vacation and you, you can't recycle, you know. It feels very weird. It feels so insane to yeah, just throw away weird. this like giant, yeah. um, you know, it feels really insane. Cool. So they started to have this like crisis in mm-hmm, the... Mm-hmm the lobbying group was the society of the plastics industry, which I just think is so funny. Like a society of plastic uh, feels very weird to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So they sent a memo 
to these the, the plastic uh, main plastic manufacturers in 1973. Okay. Saying that basically you just you can't recycle plastic. Hmm. It's too expensive. Um and every time not only that but every time you recycle plastic it degrades. I was going to say you have to melt it down. Even then- if you melt it down it yeah. degrades. So you right. can maybe recycle it once, but it's not like glass that like you melt down and build up and melt down yeah, and build yeah, up. Yeah, like yeah. because it's this synthetic material, yeah. it just falls apart. It can't really be done efficiently and it's okay. time consuming. Okay. So it was much easier and much cheaper to just keep making plastic out of new oil. Okay. So since 1973, the plastic in- industry has known this, right? But then they had this huge problem because there was this massive amount of trash, plastic trash. Right, right. And their whole image was falling apart and the environmental movement was taking hold. So right. they hired this lobbying company to meet with them and fix it. And the lobbying company just said, how about we just tell people they can recycle it even <gasps> though you can't? Wow. And so they were like, wow, what a brilliant idea. <gasps> so gaslighting is apparently the thing. Whoa. So then they spent millions of dollars. And when we were kids, like recycle, reuse, reuse, reduce, recycle, Planet. all yeah. of that. Captain Planet. And they came up with the little recycling symbol right. that goes on the, the bottom. Mm-hmm. So what they started doing was you can technically recycle still plastic jugs and um, like milk jugs and soda bottles. Those things you can recycle. Now, sorting is really important with plastics. You can't mix the types of plastics because they you have to use the same type of plastic to melt it down. Mm -hmm. And again, you can you can technically recycle these things, but it's expensive and it's not really that efficient. It's much more efficient. Right. Just use new oil. Right. So, but then they decided to put the plastic recycling symbol with little numbers in it. So then they just started putting numbers on everything that was plastic and they would just make up numbers, right? (gasps) And then the recycling industry was like, wait a second. Wait, we're getting all these things that we can't recycle. Wow. And (laughs) basically they just made it up. So like the plastic tube um, that you get your toothpaste in. Yeah. You can't recycle that. And I still think to this day you really can't recycle them. Yeah, it's really hard to recycle dark plastics too. Just really, any really plastic hard. is very mm-hmm. hard. So I think yeah. currently right now we recycle like 10% of our plastic. <gasps> and that's always been the case. Always been the case since the beginning. So they just spent millions and I millions of dollars. So because they, they're also making millions. Like for them, the millions mm-hmm. of dollars in advertisement is nothing to the billions and trillions that they're making hand over fist, you know, yeah. like in, in their businesses. And I wonder, yeah. because then there's the things like- yeah. Which I don't ever see enough of. You see, growing up, there'd be like a playground made of like old tire, like yeah. composite, mm-hmm. or they they mm-hmm. go through this thing like this. These jeans were made of old plastic. Like I never thought there was enough of that. I'm like, for the amount of right. plastic we're eating and making yeah. and grabbing, there's not enough like recycled playground for people to play on. Yeah, there's not. And and now like it, it because people felt good about it being recycled. Yeah, even though it wasn't, it's all fake. Then. It it is just exploded. So the increase in plastics in the eighties and nineties has just skyrocketed, and now we have famous plastic bottle mountains in the ocean, yeah, and all this stuff. But they did it on purpose. They lied. They said you could recycle things. They knew you couldn't. Is that thought just like we're going to die before they have to deal with it? Like by the time it catches to everyone, we'll be rich and dead. 
Uh, maybe. I mean, I think so. They have talked to some of these lobbyists who came up with the campaign. Yeah. And I think part of it was, you know, in the 80s and 90s, like people didn't really think it was going to be, th- you know, it was like more of the bottom line and not really thinking about it being a problem, right? Yeah. Like it's going to be a problem down the road. We'll figure Way it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. But now we're seeing these mountains of plastic everywhere. And, and industries built on it. Because then you have the, just the beverage industry built on yeah. Gatorade bottles, you know. Built on Gatorade bottles. And then just think about plastic water bottles. I know. Like what the hell? I know. Bottled water? That was never a thing. Yeah. You just got water from the tap. And now this whole generation of people who are growing up just like... Only bottled water. Yes. Or just thinking like water is something you buy. Like water was free. There were water fountains everywhere. I know. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. What's interesting now, you know, we're still in the exact same place we were 30 years later. Right. We recycle the same amount of plastic, but we have even more plastic. Yeah. And what's interesting now is the the makers of plastic, obviously, like the oil industry – they're they're touting now this new thing of like we're gonna have all of our plastic recyclable by 2040. Oh yeah, right? that's crazy. Yeah, so they keep saying this, mm-hmm. and when they've done or the research, by blah blah blah. Yeah, right. When they do the research, 
everything is still the same. They're saying, well, we need to educate people to sort their plastic and we need to, you know, figure out new ways to do it. But that's what they've been saying for 30 years. They have no new plan. It's not like, oh, we've created this machine that will magically That's what the advertisement looks like. It's like we've created a solution to change this because we would want it to change tonight if we could, but they're making it sound like it's an innovation that's going to take years. No, they haven't come up with anything. There's no new technology to do it. They just hope people will have be forced to have more babies and those babies will figure it out. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting to think about all the things in your life that come from plastic and everything you use that has plastic in it. And then think about when you were younger, all the things you use that had plastic in it. And it was so much less. Even though we grew up with plastic, it's not like the generation before us that had, it's not like the, you know, grandmothers that had just their passed down glassware. Right. (laughs) Well, I also think of it as like, so... Being a mother too, like I grew up with a ton of plastic cups because mm-hmm. we were – I broke everything. Like I remember like vividly breaking yeah. tons of glass as a kid. So, Can you imagine giving your child like a glass no. cup now? And I think like, I had oh. glass bottles. Like I think I had glass oh, yeah. bottles at a, at a point. But I remember like figurines, like anything that was delicate or ceramic, I mm-hmm. 100% would break out of all the grandchildren. Broken. It was yeah, me yeah. running into a dresser and knocking it over. But so – but now they spend so much time making like – Okay, plastics are safe for a kid. But then I go online and I find this like a Pyrex version or something like anchor uh-huh. glass that's a really strong, like wonderful glass that you can right, use right. for your Tupperware. And so instead of 30 years of developing like a glass that's really strong that can be broken right. down and renewed, they're spending the time developing more tiny pieces of plastic, flimsy shit. Yes, yes. And also, so not only has plastic like gotten in the water, gotten everywhere. Plastic, as we said before, degrades like over time. Right. And these little microplastics are everywhere. And they're like particulates that we breathe, that get in our skin. Yes. You know, so we have become this like world of plastic that's, who knows what the, who knows what the health effects. And the microplastics are in the bottled water. The bottle, I talked to this bodega guy who I love and he's like, he's like, yeah, that water's like people are buying his water. And he's like, yeah, but I don't know what kind of microplastic they're drinking. And he's like, he's like, that's just people are obsessed with this bottled water. And he's like, I would never drink it. I know. (laughs) New York tap water, baby. New York tap water. I know. It's so good. good. Um, I was out of town and I was drinking the tap water. I was like, what is this swill? New York tap water is the best. I go to to take water out of the tap. My family's all like, everyone is always like, oh. I forget how easy that is. Like in other places. Well, and then I I I think at least every other day I think of Flint, Michigan. I can't mm-hmm. stop thinking of Flint, I know. Michigan. I know. I, I think of it all the time and it really upsets me. And then I was thinking of the amount of plastics that Flint, Michigan is producing because they can't drink any water. Right. It right. has to be bottled water. Well, we do this thing too where we do the cheap fix at the beginning, like, yeah. oh, make this cheap thing. This do this, do this. But it the amount of money that you over the long run that mm-hmm. it costs, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the American way to me is just like quick, cheap fixes that actually in the long run cost way more than spending money to fix it correctly mm-hmm. the first time. Like, yeah. if we just put pipes in, like, think how much money, you know, it's like, yes, I do know. <sighs> I do it's know. really frustrating the American way. It really is. And I, um, I was talking to a friend who's a designer, actually, and she's was a props designer and she was designing a futuristic space for one of her projects. And she uh-huh. goes, to be totally honest, everyone puts like the Jetsons, like everything's futuristic, everything's levitated, everything's like vacant. She goes, I think we are going to be inundated with more stuff and we're actually going to be like climbing upstairs of our own stuff. And I was oh, like, gosh, 
I isn't that oh. insane, Cody? But she's so right. Oh my gosh, we're this gonna is, have like, to makes find, me want to like lose my freak mind. Out. I know, but it. I think. But I mean, this is future, future, future. But she was like, I think that the next stop is like to figure out how to combine the stuff into, like, not make more stuff like the the junk that we have, making that into something. Yeah. Well, and I would like to plug, um, mm-hmm. this isn't, I, I have no monetary investment in this, but yeah. I would also like to plug your local Buy Nothing group on Facebook. Oh, yes, which I love those. I don't love Facebook, but the groups mm-hmm. are great. Mm-hmm. But there's a movement called the Buy Nothing group, right. um, and you can get one. It's very hyper-local, so each neighborhood has one. Yeah. Um, I am a member of the Midtown West um, Health Kitchen Buy mm-hmm. Nothing group. But what's amazing about it is it's not just like Craigslist. You don't sell anything. You give away and Mm -hmm. you can request things. And it has been a game changer for kids stuff. Like I, you know, I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. When they're done with a baby toy or whatever, Mm -hmm. I put it on a buy nothing. And then I'm also getting stuff from people who have a nine-year-old, like a nine-year-old who are getting rid of the four. Yeah. So for stuff like that, it's been a real game changer. Like Think about all the toys we have. We have we oh. just buy these plastic toys and we use them once. Like they should just be you should just be recycling them amongst mm-hmm. like parents in the neighborhood. I try and stuff. to. Yeah. I hand yeah. I hand like bags of gifts to my friends and she'll be like, Do you have mm-hmm. any clothes for me this week? Like and my yeah. thing too that Lewis is going through, which is driving me crazy, are sneakers. Like mm-hmm. he his feet are growing at a rate. His little yeah. best friend is like has been a size eight or is almost a size eight now for the past year. Lewis is on a size one and a half now and he's four. Like he isn't, his feet are nuts. <laughs> I think they're like eight-year-old's on a one and a half. Oh I my know, gosh. Cody, I know. Well, they're, he's on a two. Yeah, two. Yeah, but, he's wow. about to be, He we ha- he's in a one and a half already and he is just like, I'm like, handing sneakers to everyone in the city. I'm like, yeah, please yeah. take these because we can't keep them up. Yeah. But, um, um I'll, I know. If I have any shoes left over, I'll give them Please, to you. I'll take, I'll take them all. <laughs> um, one yeah. more plastic thing that I think yes, is tell me. very fascinating. So you know how like, okay, we talked, we started off talking about New York City being covered in trash. Yes. And it, it is, is driving me crazy. Yeah. So New York City, like you think about Oscar the Grouch, right? Right. In the 70s when Sesame Street was like, you know, I guess mm-hmm. was it created in the 70s, 60s? I don't remember. I don't know. Again, a historian will figure this out. Somebody else will. But you think about Oscar the Grouch, right? So Mm -hmm. Oscar lives in a trash can. Mm -hmm. That trash can was the iconic New York City waste disposal. Mm -hmm. So in the 70s, you would have that trash can, these like metal trash cans with a lid, and they would be pulled out at night, and that's what they would dump into the the trash trucks. So Mm -hmm. there was this massive strike that happened with um, the waste management folks and they went on strike. And in the seventies, they were like, it's too loud. Like these, you know, the the residents were like this too loud. Um, They were like, they're too bulky. They're too heavy. Mm -hmm. And this was part of like the strike that I think there were obviously, I'm sure um, monetary issues, (laughs) like other labor issues. Mm -hmm. I don't think generally. (laughs) Tons of fun racism thrown in there always. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Like, again, I'm sure there's a, a long history, but one of the ways they got out of the strike was they had just created plastic bags, the oil industry had. So they <gasps> donated like thousands of bags to New York wow. City and they said, here, try this. Wow. So now when you see these mountains of plastic trash in New York City, right. it is directly related back to the fact that the plastics industry was like, let's get New York City to use wow. our plastic bags. <gasps> and of course, like the, you know, the, the, um, 
trash industry loved it because they it's were lighter. easy and lightweight. Mm-hmm. You know, you could pick them up and throw them in. And everybody was like, well, I guess it's fine, you know. But now cut to we've cut 8 oh million gosh. residents like with a million Amazon boxes and a million whatever. Yes. And it's just like trash city. You know, oh yeah, and if guys, if you city. if you can't picture this, if you're not, if you haven't recently or like seen a picture in New York, Google it. So yeah, <laughs> one Google it, but also imagine like an entire. So they have trash days in New York. Like uh, the trash comes by. It's not daily. It is they'll each street will get like Wednesdays and Saturdays, like, and they, they cut have, it down during COVID, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, because people were getting more, we're getting more stuff. Um, yeah, stuff. Yeah, and so they so you have the trash cans that are out in front of these buildings that are also where people have to walk, dogs have to walk, where there's like cars are parked. Totally. So you have like a few trash cans. No, they don't take it away from cars. They never take it away from parks. No, no, no. And they only take it away from pedestrians. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's true. So then the car remains. The car is fine. Um, So then you have you have like a couple trash cans with trash bags on it. And then it's the entire building's trash because it's on that Wednesday. So the trash, as Cody's describing, is another bag piled on top of like you you have a sudden pyramid of plastic trash bags that are about to burst like at any moment you could get and they do burst and they do frequently and then you have the frustrated new yorker that just throw their loose trash on top of the pile yeah because they're they're like oh it's a trash pile it's a trash pile it's a constant cycle i mean i could do a whole podcast about the insane trash issues in new york city and um yeah it's really bad we have a great city councilman who uh, Eric Botcher, who has a trash plan, uh, and he's new this this year. So hopefully I'll that say, will. Yes, and I'll say a thing that that does. I do see a lot of people carrying around huge bags and like turning turning bottles over and putting bottles in for money. So I know that it mm-hmm. is serving that there are people that are getting some sort of um, benefit from the recycling. But again. Caitlin, are those things being recycled? You're right. You're right. No. No. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They think they're being recycled. Yeah, I have a hack though for anybody okay. who's into gardens mm-hmm. and planting and pots. So I know like everybody had all these plant babies when COVID hit and we have all these yeah, pots now and our, mm-hmm. our plants are getting huge. The hack is that you take a water bottle or you take any kind of plastic, you kind of cut it in half and crinkle it up, and you put that at in mixed with the bottom, the bottom like two-thirds of your pot uh-huh. because you can oh. then put soil over it. it. It irrigates the soil. So the plastic oh, doesn't go anywhere because we all know plastic not going anywhere. Oh, um, yeah. But what happens is your your roots of your plant goes through and like, um, you know, sort of like climbs through all of the open little spaces that the plastic provides. So your plants get their roots uh-huh. around, but the soil is more aerated because – Usually with indoor plants, you just keep adding water and so the soil gets really compacted so the roots kind right. of get stuck or root bound or like root rot. So if you oh. put p- old plastics, plastic water bottles, anything like kind of crinkled up or like even like – I wouldn't say something flimsy like a wrapper, like a, like a plastic wrapper. I would I would definitely say like a water bottle or like a – even like a, a paper harder cup. Plastic. Yeah, a harder, a harder, worser for your plastic. One for – yeah, one for the worse <laughs> for the environment. Right. Worse for the environment. Put that in your pot and then put everything on top. It – is actually better for your plants. And they're like a third li- or like two thirds lighter because you don't have yeah. soil in there. So you can also you That's can also true. put it in your gardens outside too. If you because like a lot of New Yorker people have like those raised beds, but you can do sort of mm-hmm. the same thing that over time the raised beds get compacted with just more and more soil and right, stuff. Right. And the nutrients aren't always getting to the plant. So you can kind of do that too. I really like that idea. That's I great. Know. I'm like, you know what? If the if the plastic's going to sit around, at least it's going to sit around at my house. You know? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, look, 
the the hopeful thing is that people seem to be more hip to stuff now. And now that you know that plastic is by an evil conglomerate yeah. of oil companies, then, yeah. you know, like, it, it, if you just think twice about the plastic that you're putting into or buying, mm-hmm. you know, like, I we... I try to use reusable everything now. Really? You know, I compost now. Like, I've got wow. a lot. And, like, is that ultimately going to do anything? I don't know. But, but it does something. It, like, if you think of – It does. Because we still use – and I'm embarrassed to say we still use, like, little plastic baggies to bring Lewis's food around. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, if I stacked all that up together, I'd be incredibly embarrassed if somebody, like, handed me back a trash can filled with tiny yeah. plastic bags. So The plastic bags are, like, some of the worst offenders. I know. The- all right. I'm going to work on that. Because you can do the wax things, right? You can do like wax paper. I do use wax paper, but uh, more I use those. I don't even know. No, it's fine. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, it's fine. I don't know. Google it. It might be bad. There'll be a whole other episode about how wax is ruining the the bee population or something. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I use, I have like plastic or not plastic. They're like rubber reusable. Yes. That's what I want. And I use those. They're like silicone things. Yeah. They're like silicone. Um, They're probably also bad, but they get reused, you know, so they they can't be that bad. But yeah, I mean, I think like the the difference now between the eighties and nineties is like, we're all hip to the fact that the plastics industry is lying to us, like, or more suspicious of it. Right. So now we all feel very bad. (laughs) Yeah. Like, um, If I have to, I get like my cold brew coffee and yeah. a um, reusable growler. Oh, nice. And, um, but like, you know, the other day I forgot my growler and I had to get a plastic cup. And, and did it feel so terrible? It felt terrible. And what's frustrating about it too is that like before COVID, I would use my reusable cup all the time, but now they have this like, COVID theater mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, we can't touch mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. cup. Mm-hmm. to refill it, you know, for like COVID purposes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think places are getting better about that now. But like, I remember in 2020 being like, what? I can't use a reusable cup now because you're you scared. Like I have COVID on my hand and you're putting COVID on your mm-hmm. hand. Like what is happening? Right. Like it's an airborne disease. You're not wearing a mask, but you're going to grab, I know. you won't grab my cup. Like what is happening? Oh, I know, Cody. And, and, and that also too, like everything was take your stuff to go. I think of like the industry uh-huh. of like food, like nothing was, we were in such an like, at least agreeable place with everything reusable. You know, like yes, I feel like at yeah. Whole Foods, you'd they'd have like a bunch of like biodegradable materials and stuff and everybody right, was like right, right. earthy, crunchy and it was in, very in to use your reusable cup. And then COVID freaked everyone out and we've yeah. all like kind of become insane, you know, yeah. in a normal way. Yeah. And and we did plan pl- ban plastic bags in New York, which is a really big That's thing. Really and then cool. the next thing, uh, it, you can – Email your city councilman um, or council person. I don't mean to say man. Oh, that's so gendered of me. I'm so sorry. Okay. There are lots of wonderful women, females. I don't even think ca- I'm non-binary. I mean, what am I saying? No, well, it's so funny because when you say that, I'll, it's my problem. But when I think of like the man in government, I think of this like Ron Paul looking guy who's like, I hope oh, he'll listen God. to my email. Like I am yeah. afraid of all these crazy people. Yeah. Um, but especially there are things you can do on the local level. Like there's a um, movement to try to get it so that you have to opt in for plastic utensils. When you think about when you get to go and you always, I always click like, I don't want the plastic utensils yeah. and they always put the plastic utensils in there anyway. Yeah. So they're trying to make it so that it can be an opt in. Like you can okay. request yeah. Um, plastic utensils. But think how much that would save. So that would save huge. You know, get involved in the trash movement in your town. Um my kids and my husband and I um do something uh in our neighborhood called Litter Legion where we go around and clean up um That's amazing. 
yeah, um, clean up the streets and pick up trash. And that's really cool. So I would just say like, try to reduce as much as you can, but also just look around and think of ways in your neighborhood or your town where you can reduce um, plastic in some way, you know? And, but I also want to say to all moms out there and people out there, like, this is not, this also is not our fault. And I think that's a huge exactly, part of the scam yeah. is that they say like, okay, we're going to put it on the consumer that it's their fault. And I mm-hmm. feel that like at times in my life where I have felt just fully depleted and just either like lack of sleep, lack of financial stuff, whatever uh-huh. it is. And I'm like, I can't deal with recycling this stupid thing. I'm just throwing it in the <laughs> trash. Like, I, I also think like the human, we should also give people credit because like there are people living all kinds of socioeconomic levels that maybe right, right. don't feel that they have the ability to spend the extra whatever to get the fancier reusable plastic source. Like maybe maybe you just yeah. have to get dollar store things this week and and maybe in a couple of years you won't. You know, yeah. And I, th- I think like the putting the pressure on people. Well, is- but the one thing too, Caitlin, I will say it is cheaper to find reusable things. Again, this it goes back cheaper. to the thing of if you just spend a little money up front, yeah. then you can I agree. save money in the long run. And I understand that it's hard to come up with the seed money for that. As someone who grew up, you know, not in a situation that didn't have the best, yeah. uh, you know, like, yes, it's hard to do that, but it does save you money in the long run. Yes. I just don't want people, so. I feel like the part that is drives me crazy about the scam is that they're having the people turn on themselves. They're having us, mm-hmm. the consumer and the people that are told that like you can recycle plastic, this and that, that it's, we're, we're beating ourselves up. We're not good enough. Like we've caused this issue. It's our mistake. Yes. Right. Human beings have caused this issue. No, but you were lied to. The plastics industry yeah. told you, yes. hey, don't worry about it. You can right. recycle it. It's all good. It's all good. Right. And part of it is just knowing that it's not all good Mm-mm. and that they and knowing that and just don't up. Yeah, don't once again we can blame the oil industry for so much. The oil industry, I just and I don't it makes me depressed. I just don't know where it's gonna go. I'm just like, where, where are we going? Guys? I know. But I think again, having our eyes open to it mm-hmm. is helpful, right? Like Yes. Yes. And we yeah. think of think of how far we've come in innovation in terms of like phones and things Completely. like that. Like how have we not figured out a way to find a completely biodegradable pl- plastic that is as cheap, if not cheaper, you know? I think the issue – well, here's the thing. I think there are a few that have come up with it. Like I've seen something on like an Instagram saying it's like they've yeah, they a make a out of corn syrup something. and things like that. Yeah, But then I have a feeling that the oil industry knocks them down. Buys out the of company. Course. They want everyone to it. make everything with oil. Totally. It's it's frustrating. It's all frustrating, but you know. But we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there slowly but surely. surely? We're getting there. <laughs> ah. I know. I wish I had t- um had a more fun scam about like none I don't of know. no scams aren't scams are interesting to me, but they're not always like the happiest. And so we do have to add yeah. like a spin to them. You know, that's true. Um, it's totally okay. Yeah, I just think like. What was I going to say about the plastic? Oh, well, the melting down the chemical of plastic, I also think it is toxic. <laughs> so I think the next it step is, is like is. to find a way to like decompose it and not have it also then kill you. So it's like right. mm-hmm. that's a whole thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think like maybe every time somebody like makes plastic jewelry or like an installation with plastic water bottles, I'm like, I love that. But then I also think like, where does it go? <laughs> I know. What, Where do, what do you do go? when the museum's over? You just toss it in the ocean. Throw it on a barge. Like I know. Else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. But on a happy note, New York City waters are really great right now. 
The waters uh, have been improving. That's Fish true. are coming back to the waters. There's Didn't whales. We have, like, dolphins or something? Yes, whales. dolphins, whales, and seals. And I just saw this thing on a National Geographic photographer was out in a canoe right at, like, north, like, in the Bronx uh-huh. and the water, not in the street, and that, like, seals were coming up to them and stuff like that. And it's be- it's to show that life in New York City – sea life is regenerating again, which is huge because it was just like a waste of sewage for a while. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, two months ago, I Mm -hmm. went kayaking in the Hudson River. And I was like, this is so beautiful. I was out there with my four-year-old and I was just like, what a Mm -hmm. lovely thing. And then I get up to like, you can go kayaking for free too, by the way, in Hudson. It's really fun. Yeah. And I went up there and I just like Got my oar in the water and I picked up a condom. <gasps> so, yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> but you know, to be fair, the- we were near Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. which was my neighborhood. And, you know, and if it's a beautiful place, people are going to bone there, you know, so that's also I- like what I you was get. like, somebody, you know what? I'm picking up this, this trash, um, but somebody enjoyed themselves. <laughs> somebody and somebody had an safely, orgasm. they safely yeah. enjoyed themselves. So, yeah. you know, they're safe happy, sex is we're important. happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. kids don't know Small what condoms price are to pay. yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also made of plastic. It's a whole thing. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I think. A, ru- I guess a rubber? A rubber? A latex? <laughs> I don't know, guys. What are condoms? I'm what married. Are condoms? I don't know. I know. I don't, don't even know. get me started on everything else in the world. That's why I dyed my hair blonde. I was like, I can't handle America and reality. So we're doing we're doing some changes. Yeah. <gasps> Ugh. But Cody, this was amazing. And you are so fun. And you're so smart and profound and on top of shit. That's why I also want everyone to run to your podcast right now. (laughs) It's so good. It's funny, but also like really good. Yeah. We do like to talk about um, real real issues and I can go on a a huge rant about chocolate milk in New York City schools, you know? Really? Oh, yeah. I love it. Again, it has nothing to do with plastic except- It's lined with it? Maybe came in a plastic jug at some point. I don't know. They're in paper. I don't know. Whatever. But um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it it a bad (laughs) thing? Give me a preview. Oh, for the chocolate milk? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you think. That uh, kids, don't I need think it. it's ridiculous that they're forced to have chocolate milk. The milk lobby has forced Why? every school to have milk. Why? Because they're a milk oh, lobby, they're milk. and they want <laughs> right. everyone to have Why? milk. Because of money. So then they were like, "Oh, you know what? We're going to get rid of chocolate milk because it's just like." whatever. But then the milk lobby was like, no, 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 no. The only milk kids will drink is chocolate milk and you have to have milk because we said you have to. So now we have to have chocolate milk. Is it only um, chocolate milk? No, no, no. You have the option. But so like you have both. I, yes. Yeah. But, but it's ridiculous because your kid's just going to be like, hey, I want chocolate milk. Anyway, listen to our podcast. We talk <laughs> yes. about it every month. Um, <laughs> I, I think milk is weird. I'm not really yeah. a fan of it. Um mm-hmm. Which is fine. People drink milk. Cool. But I just right. feel like, why are we mandated to have milk for yeah. our children? It feels yeah. weird. Aren't we past that? Like, is this the 1950s? Are, like, grown adults drinking jugs of milk? Like, that's weird. I don't weird. think so. No. My I dad still drinks a lot did. of milk. And I'm like, what is, you know, he's a, yeah. a kid of the 50s. I was like, what is happening? Like, you're yeah. a grown man who just, like, has a cup of milk every day? Like, what wow. is going on? But you know what? It's working for him. I guess. I guess. It's weird though, right? It's weird. Have it's you weird. seen like a man no. in his 60s drinking milk? It just feels weird. No, I don't. I don't support it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I make I fun of either. him for it. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Sorry, all you milk drinkers So are all of there. our listeners like, Ugh. 
Um, no, I do. I'm doing like the oat. We do oat milk and almond milk. And then I was on a walk today. Like, I'm sure there's something in one of these. Oh, like, no. Organic- almond milk is terrible. It costs. Right. It takes a lot terrible. of water. And then I'm sure there's like they put some sort of like chemical that we're going to find out later. Like this, you know, gives you three eyeballs. Life is about choices. We're either yeah. getting veneers or we're not. And you know what? <laughs> we're bad either way. But we're you just going to have to. But make we're our here choice. and we're living. <laughs> At least we're better than the 70s in some way. Some ways. Some ways. Some ways not yeah. Well, thank oh my you so God. much. Thank you, so Cody. Fun. This was so fun. It was so fun to hang out. Such a fun episode. And thank Such you a guys. fun episode about how there's plastic everywhere. But you know what it might be? It might be people listening. This is what I'm hoping, is that they have these thoughts and worries and concerns too. And people kind of talk about it briefly. They'll be like an Instagram yeah. gif. Mm-hmm. But no one goes like, what's really the fuck going on? Because we're all yeah, and very again, isolated right now. It's not your fault. No. You were duped. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And if you can't make all of the extreme changes you want in your life right now, there will be time for them to do it again. And everybody's just really trying their best. (laughs) We are. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Caitlin. Scanwell Podcast Season 2 is produced and edited by me, Caitlin Brodnick, produced and edited by Caitlin Moltenhauer, and edited by Jesse Karen. We are part of the More Banana Podcast Network, which is an all-female-owned and run network for women's voices uninterrupted. If you love us, the best thing you can do is rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help us tremendously. Thank you guys so much for listening. All of your support. We're so happy to have you here, and we will see you next week. Bye! Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.